we're looking at all the 17. So if we recap where we were at the end of the last verse, we were talking all about the spiritually enlightened, the Panchaparvan. We were talking about some of the common held views that were held around the creation of the universe, what the universe was made of. And Guruji was beginning to try and challenge some of those ideas that people, individuals can know the, the scale and the extent of it. What we see here is that Guru is now moving the Barney into a new direction. The Shabads, the verses, the Pauri so far have all been about knowledge, about wisdom. Guru has been sharing the divine wisdom right from the beginning of the Mool Mantar all the way through explaining about the different types of techniques that work, that don't work. There have been questions, there have been answers. There have been ideas about how the universe works. There have been a progression of the spiritual journey from sunya, maniya, all of these kind of concepts. So we've been learning quite a lot. So we're at approximately the halfway point of this composition of Japji Sahib. And what we notice is a significant shift in the style, in the way Guruji now talks. Guruji referred to a really important concept which we will now see throughout the rest of the Japji Sahib, which was this idea of this unfolding nature of the universe being written as a single continuous pen. Guruji talked about Sabna Likya Vuri Kalam, this continuous pen. But what Guru Nanak Dev Ji does with that now is to induce us into an almost trance-like state with the Bani. With his own pen, what he writes now is an attempt to be into that euphoria that is being created by that divine pen. Guruji with his words is trying to emulate that unstoppable force of the pen. The last lines that we read at the end of the verse, just before this, was Kudrat Kavana Kahavichar. What can I say about the universe? What description can I give? Varyana Java Ekavar. I'm nobody to even attempt this. Whatever is pleasing to you, this is my path. This is what I feel is the path that is pleasing to me. O formless being, it's all about you. You are the permanent, unstoppable force in the universe. What we see now is no longer a description But what Guru Nanak Dev Ji does is to show us how to surrender to that universe, to the grandeur of the universe. This is 
a shift, a move from explanation into ecstasy, from knowledge into nirvana. This is now the essence of the practice of Nam rather than the theory of Nam. Guruji shows us how to follow an instruction that he gave us earlier in Pauri 5. Guruji said, Nanaka Gavye Guni Nidhan. That was an instruction. This was a method that Guruji was trying to show us. And now Guruji actually delivers a way for us to know how to experience that. How do we actually do that? Guruji gives us a method that transcends the reader and the listener of the Bani. Out of our conscious minds into higher consciousness. This, at this point, is a complete meltdown of self-identity. Dissolving ourselves into the ocean of the Creator itself. So what we see here is no longer words, but experience. This is now the experience of falling in love, of being a true divine lover. This is now the song of wonderment. The singer has found his voice. The singer has found his song. And the singer dies into the music of that song into the experience of singing itself. So when we read from this point onwards, we have to allow ourselves to consciously dissolve our egos. How do we do that? We have to savour every single word. We have to read with the intent, with the intention and with the intensity that the Guru intended. Each word, let it bring us into the present moment. We tend to read Japji Sahib quite quickly. It almost becomes like a parrot fashion. The words are flowing out of us, but our mind isn't flowing with it. This is now a stopping point, a shift. When we utter the word, Asank. The word asank implies something that is endless, something that is infinite, something that is beyond measure, countless. When we utter the word asank, allow your awareness just for a moment to expand away from yourself into that infinity. Take your time with each and every word, each and every syllable. Move from your time-limited form into your timeless form. We read Gurbani most of the time like we're already late, like we're already rushing, like we're waiting to get to the finish line. Here Guruji is showing us that that is not the way. The way of Gurbani is to use Gurbani and bring it into your moment, 
of now. Move from your Kaal into your timeless Akal Murat. Find your timeless moment. Be in the moment that is completely timeless. And just for a moment, if with nothing else except your imagination, just imagine the vastness of the universe that is being talked about here. And know that the limit of your imagination can't even reach one fraction of what is being described here. When you are centered, when you are relaxed and calm and still within yourself, when you are free from all thought, when you are centered in the moment, in the present, then you're ready to dive into this ocean of the Shabbat Guru. The words begin, Asank Jap, Asank Pao. The word Asank means countless, unginat, beyond measure, limitless, infinite. Asank Jap. Jap, we're familiar with this word, is the method of reciting. Countless are the people who are reciting right now. Remember when you think about these words, you use that as an opportunity to actually be in the moment, to concentrate for just one second and to imagine the number of people on this planet alone that are meditating, that are singing your praises right now. Guruji says they are countless. A sunk jap. Right now, how much praise is going on at this moment? Connect with that. They're all singing with their hundreds of different voices, thousands of different songs, all directed in the same direction, all going to that same oneness. Countless people are reciting at this very moment. Asank Jap. And the things that they are japping are countless. The Jap themselves is not one Bani that they're using. The things that they are saying, the words that they are singing, the ways in which they are doing their Jap is countless. Remember Jap also means knowing, knowledge. The understanding of the oneness is also countless. Everyone has a different understanding. Nobody has the complete understanding. So Asanka Jap is the types of recitation, the types of understanding, the ways of reciting and the people who are reciting are all countless. Asank Pao. Pao means love.
the ways to love the oneness is countless. The number of people who are in love with this oneness is countless. Asank Jap, Asank Pao, Asank Puja, Asank Tap Tao. Puja is another word for worship. Countless ways to worship. If you just think for a moment, how many different traditions are there right now? How many traditions have come and gone? Think about all the ancient civilizations, their understanding of the divine. From the Egyptian civilization, to the Greeks, to the ancient Arabs, to the ancient Indians, to the Far East, to the natives, the Native Americans, the Aboriginal cultures, they all had some understanding that there was something bigger. And the number of different ways that they worshipped that, to count that is impossible. Asanka Puja. And right now, there are countless people doing puja, doing worship. At this very moment, even if you're not doing any, just sit and appreciate the countless number of people and the countless ways in which they're doing their puja. And for countless different reasons. Everyone is doing puja for their own reasons. Everyone is praying for their own reasons. So the reasons that people are doing puja are different. And who are they doing puja to? There are countless different understandings of God, countless of gods that are being worshipped right now. Asank puja. Asank tap tau. The word tap is very difficult to translate in English. It comes from the word tapasya. And tapasya implies doing some physical hardships as part of your worship. Some difficult physical worship. In the old days, and even now in India, we see countless different ways that people feel that they are dedicating and showing commitment. Some will lie on a bed of nails, some will pierce their bodies, some will stand on one leg, some will stop their voice, some will stop their breathing, some will stop their eating. Guru Nanak Dev Ji mentioned some of these right at the beginning. Soche soch na hovei, chuppe chup na hovei. Yeah. Guruji has mentioned these to us before already. So that's the word tap, tapasya, some difficult action. And tau means effort, means actions. Tap tau has to be read together, difficult actions. Countless physically demanding methods of worship are happening right now. You only have to go to India to see the variety of ways in which people worship. 
and countless are the ways and countless are the people doing it. Asank puja, asank tap tau. Asank granth, mukh ved part. Guruji is saying that there is no limit to spiritual scriptures. The word granth actually means any large, important volume of text. Not small textbooks, but grand books. Books that go into great detail, great volumes. Asank granth. Countless are these large scriptures. Mukhaved part. And countless are the people who are reciting the part of these Vedas. Ved is a generic term here. A generic term meaning spiritual scriptures. So not only are the Granths countless, but the ones reciting these Granths with their mouth, off by heart, just doing it, because they've known it their whole lives. They just recite and recite and recite. Muk, with their mouth, Ved part there, reciting these prayers. Countless are the scriptures and countless are the books written about these scriptures. If there is one scripture, there are a thousand large, voluminous books explaining the scripture in detail. Where the scripture will have one line, there will be books that go into several pages and chapters to explain these single lines. Asank Granth Mukhved Part. Asank Jog Man Rehe Udas. Jog comes from the word that we now use today, yoga which means a technique, a method, a tool. So there are countless ways of yoga. Man rehe udas. Within the mind, the word man here has a sihari. It means within the mind. Rehe udas. Remain detached. Asanka yoga man rehe udas. So here, Jog refers to the techniques of yoga, but also the people doing the yoga. So if we were to translate it in English, we would say countless yogas and yogis. Countless yogas and yogis remaining detached in the mind. So there are countless techniques of yoga and countless techniques of practicing and countless ways that people try to use their body to bring a centeredness within themselves. And the number of people practicing this is also countless. So we need to take a moment to just sit back 
and try and take the gravity of what Guruji is saying with this one particular line. A question that is being asked more and more these days is, is there a connection between Sikhi and Yoga? First, we need to understand what Yoga is. The word Yog means union. Union. To unite with the divine. A divine union. That's what the word Yog means. Yoga is somebody who is on the path of connecting to the divine, of uniting with the divine. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji here confirms the true way of yoga is man rehe udas. To be detached from the mind, to be detached from the body, that is the path of yoga. This is very different to the common, modern, Western understanding of yoga and the understanding of meditation as a whole. Guruji is talking about a beingness. A being rather than a doing is yoga. Union doesn't come from focus. It doesn't come from postures. It doesn't come from concentration. Those are tools, those are methods, but those aren't the end result. Not letting your mind take over you, that is yoga. Not being a slave to the mind. Not letting the mind cloud your experience of the present moment, that is yoga. This isn't about rejecting the mind. It is simply about accepting that state of beingness. And that doesn't happen in the mind. You have to be detached from the mind to be in a state of centeredness, being still. Accepting the moment as it is. Most of the time, when you enter into yoga, what you'll find is yoga is trying to change you, to improve you, to move you away from your sins, from your faults, into a more purer, a cleaner, a glorified version of yourself. But these are all external factors that the yoga is focusing on so that you may move past them into the internal. It starts from the outside and moves its way in. That is the method of yoga. But real yoga starts when it moves inside you. When the external is something that becomes secondary. Real yoga starts on the inside. When you become detached. When the body now no longer is the focus of your meditation. When your identity is no longer your body, 
When your identity is no longer your mind, that's when you can begin to start having that union. No fighting, no struggle, no trying to defeat your sins, simply detached from them. Because a lot of what you're trying to fight is something that is ingrained within you. It's something that's built within you. A lot of what you're trying to fight are habits that are formed out of your control as part of conditioning, as part of society, as part of just the way you were brought up. So we're not trying to solve every single one of those problems. We have to recognize them, know them for what they are, but there is something behind all of that, sitting behind it. This is now detachment. This is what the word Guruji has used, udas, being free from it. The Guru's path begins here. So a true Sikh who follows the Guru's way is the real yogi, the one who is on a path of detachment from the body. The method at this point becomes irrelevant. Nam Simran is also a type of yoga. Gurbani Mantar is also a type of yoga because the technique is the entry point but not the destination. Nam, which starts as Mantar, takes you much deeper into a state of Nam, into an experience of Nam. That's what a Gursik aims for, that's what the path of the Guru leads you towards, that is the path of yoga. So we need to have an appreciation for what yoga is, what yoga is not, and understand that there are many different paths. Guruji is saying, Asanka Jog. Every technique is a type of yoga. So we don't need to battle with this, it's either Sikhi or it's either yoga. It's all yoga, it's all Sikhi. Asankha Jog Man Rehe Udas Asankh Pagat Gun Gyan Vichar Here the word Pagat is plural. We've talked about singular and plural words before. If the word Pagat has an Ankar under the last letter, then it means one Pagat a single person, a single meditator. When you remove the onkar, the word becomes plural. We call that bovachan as opposed to ikvachan. And here it means countless meditators. Bhagat is also another word that's quite difficult to translate into English. Sometimes you see the word devotees, sometimes you see the word saints, because bhakti implies something that anyone can do. 
anyone can sit and do Pagti. But anyone sitting and doing Pagti isn't a Pagat. So it's very difficult to translate this word. We can say countless meditators, but not all meditators are Pagats. Pagti is the technique, but Pagat is also a state of being. You are a Pagat. Pagat isn't just something that you do. Whereas with meditation, it's a verb. It's just something you do. Meditation isn't used in a way that that is something you are. Bhakti is almost a different word. It's something you do, but it's something you are as well. So no real English word seems to fit with the word Pagat. There are many words like this that we'll come across. There isn't really a word for Pagat. There isn't really a word for yoga. There isn't a word for Guru. There isn't a word for Amrit. These words just don't translate well. Because when you say the word Pagat, there is generations and gen generations of history, of culture that come, that are associated with that one single word. If you translate that word into devotee, into meditator, into saint, they lose a lot of that cultural significance that is inherited with each word. This is why Guru Granth Sahib Ji is so difficult to translate. Because the connotations attached with each word don't translate. They aren't transferred from one language to another. This is why Frustratingly, you may have come across people again and again and again that say, translations are fine, but you must learn the Gurmukhi. It sounds frustrating. It sounds annoying. The greatest books in the world have been translated. Why can't Guru Granth Sahib be translated? It can be translated. As long as you appreciate that with every translation, you lose something. You gain a lot. But there are some things that just can't be translated. Asank Bhagat. Countless are the meditators, Gun Gyan Vichar, who are singing the praises, the Gun, and who are doing Vichar on the Gyan, on the understanding, who are contemplating this wisdom. Countless meditators who praise and contemplate wisdom. In reality, anyone is a meditator. Everyone can meditate. And everyone is searching for something. Everyone is looking for that truth. Everyone's looking for that happiness, that bliss. But the Bhagat is one who has come to understand and prioritize the Guru's way. The Bhagat is one who is not experimenting with meditation. That meditation takes over. He is now meditation. They are now committed, not by choice, 
but the sheer force of the meditation has drawn them in like a gravitational pull. What started out in the mind as an idea, as a hobby, as a pastime, now completely takes over their very understanding of what they are, what they know themselves to be. That is a Bhagat. They no longer follow a religious path. They're no longer devotees of one religion. They lose all political allegiances, all social customs. Everything society wants them to do gets dropped. All attachment to the material world has gone. They are on the path of eternal wisdom. That is what we call Guru, that eternal wisdom. And more significantly, they understand this is the key to mankind's happiness. They know it. They have found it. What everyone else is talking about, what everyone else is searching for, they have found it. Guruji told us time and time again, Nanak Pagata Sada Vigas Sunya Dukh Papaka Nas. That is a Pagat who is Sada Vigas, forever happy, forever joyful, not occasionally happy like us, <laughs> not sometimes sad and sometimes happy. Nanak Pagata. Sadavigas, they're free. They've let go of everything. And what we don't understand is when we look at these paths, when we look at meditators, when we look at yogis, when we look at people sitting in a Zen-like state, we think they have nothing. That they've abandoned the whole world, what are they left with? Guru says, when you abandon the, the whole world, you don't lose anything, you gain everything. They are free and they are forever joyful. What have they lost? Dukh and Paap. They've lost all their terrible ways and they've lost all suffering. Dukh, Paap, Ka, Nas. Nas means annihilation, complete destruction of suffering. So no wonder they're sadhavigas. They're forever happy. This is the Bhagat. Guruji says there are countless Bhagats. Throughout time, we cannot even know who the Bhagats are right now. Throughout history, how many Bhagats have been? How many Bhagats have come and gone without anyone even knowing? where they were, what they have achieved, what they have seen, what they have experienced. Those Bhagats whose names have never been written in any of the history books, Guruji says they are countless. A sunk Bhagat who have sung the praises, who are singing the praises, who will continue to sing the praises and contemplate on the divine wisdom. 
And this is our instruction also. Fair ke agge rakhiye, jit tisse darbar, moho ke bolan boliye, jit sun tere pyaar, amrit vela sach nao, vadiai vichar. Gun gyan vichar. Vichar is something that we're instructed to do. And by vichar we don't mean what Guru has told us not to do, which is to sit there and trying to calculate God, trying to calculate the divine, trying to understand, trying to get all the knowledge. This isn't about knowledge. Vichar is about being in a state of euphoria, just contemplating, just enjoying the magnificence of the universe. When you enjoy at that scale, you can only just sit back and say, wow. Sing its praises. Guruji is defining what a pagat is. Asank pagat gun gyan vichar. They're just constantly aware of the gyan and they sing its praises. Asank sati, asank datar. Sati, sat. Truthful, honest. Countless are the honest, truthful beings. And countless are the datar, the ones who are charitable, the ones who are giving. Countless, honest, truthful beings, countless, charitable, giving beings. The majority of the world the majority of people are good people. The majority of people are honest. Most people are kind, giving, loving. In fact, nobody sees themselves as bad. Everyone thinks of themselves as good. No one calls themselves cruel. No one calls themselves mean. Everyone thinks that they're good. Even the ones who aren't doing any good. So then we have to ask ourselves the question, am I really good or do I just think I'm good? Because everyone thinks they're good. Everyone sees themselves as loving and giving and generous and kind and we're actually proud of how good we are begs the question yeah but there's a difference everyone sees themselves as giving everyone sees themselves as kind but everyone sees themselves as the one being generous. I am kind. I am giving. I am loving. Very few people see the universe is giving through me. The universe is the giver. And the universe is the receiver. Then where is the I? 
there's something really interesting in how we use our language and when we try and translate some words. Now let's think of the word seva. When we translate seva, the only thing we can think of is charity. But there's a very big difference between seva and charity. Think about how we use the word charity. When we talk about charity, we talk about giving to those who are less fortunate. Giving the needy, giving to the poor, the ones who are struggling, the ones who are suffering. So in charity, you position yourself, I am successful, I have wealth, and out of the generosity of my own heart, I will give to those who are less than me. Seva says, I am nothing, and in serving you, you become the divine. You become the master. Charity says, I am the giver, you are the receiver. Seva says, I am the slave, you are the master. Serving you is your gift to me. So seva is something different. Seva is not charity. Seva is bhakti. The very act of serving is an act to drop your ego. When we give our heads, then we may begin to give. And all the while remembering that the one giving is endless, bountiful. The ultimate universe is endless in its gifts. What do you have to give which the universe hasn't given to you first? Only if the universe gives you do you have something to give someone else? You haven't made anything yourself. Even if you make something with your own hands, where did your hands come from? If you're serving with your hands, if you're serving with your legs, where have they come from? Seva is a meditation. But if you remember, Satgur ki seva safal hai, jeko kare chetalai. Seva is only fruitful if you do it with awareness. That I am not the one serving. The oneness is serving and the oneness is receiving. There's no I. And like this, there have been countless people who have been truly giving, truly serving. Asank Sati, Asank Datar. Asank Sur Moh Pakasar. Here the word Sur is Surma, warrior. 
Asankha Sur Moho Pakhsar. Countless warriors. Moho means their face. Pakh means to eat. Sar here means Shastar, means weapons. So what does that mean? We can translate this line that says, countless warriors endure weapons head on. Countless warriors who don't turn their back on war, on the just fight. When time comes to fight, there have been countless people who have stepped up to the mark and faced it head on. A weapon from an enemy is not an easy thing to face on. It's not an easy thing to stand forward knowing that there is weapons being fired at you. So countless have been the ones who have fought to protect, protect the innocent, defend the rights of their way of practice. The freedom to live as they wish, the freedom for others to live as they wish. Countless have been such warriors. Notice all these words are plural. Not many ankars at the end of the words. Sur, plural. Bhagat, plural. Jog, plural. Asank sur mo pak sar. Asank mon liv lae tar. Mon is the ones who are silent the ones who refrain from speaking. The silent sages. Live layatar. Live is meditative state. Layatar is to remain continually focused in a meditative state. Countless are these beings that have just gone into deep silent meditation. Guru Nanak Dev Ji has mentioned these people once before to us. Right at the beginning, in the first body, Guruji said, Chuppe chupna hovei, je lai raha liftar. So Guruji here places no judgment. He's already had that conversation. He's already introduced this idea that silence of the body doesn't silence the mind. Even if you sit and try for long to be in a meditative state, there is a silence that is never really achieved. Guruji's already covered that. But here, where Guru is just in awe of the universe, at the countless different variations that people have tried to meditate, Guruji includes them. He includes the Bhagats the warriors, the yogis, the charity givers, the honest, all the different ways that people have tried to connect with this oneness. Guruji is now not in a state of commenting on them. He's just simply saying, wow, look how many there are. 
Even these are part of the infinite. Even these are part of that unlimited creation. Even these have been written by that continuous pen. Asankh mon livlai tar kudret kavan kahan vichar. What power do I have to talk about all of this? What can I say about all of this? Varyanajava ekavar. We talked about this last week. The common translation says, I cannot submit to you even once. We can also say, I cannot commit to you just once. Just saying something once isn't enough to say how great this is. Varyanajava ekavar. Guru says, I've shown, Guru says, I've seen all the different techniques. I've been shown all the different techniques. But of all the techniques, the one that works for me is just simply to accept you and the whole creation as it is. Whatever you do is fine, is more than fine, is palikar, is a blessing, is greatness. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji here is showing us how to live what he said was the very first thing we had to do. Give sachiyara hoye, give kure tukte pal, hukam razai chalana. Walk on the path of hukam, that is the answer to the question, how do I achieve this? Guruji says there are lots of different ways, lots of different jap, lots of taptao, lots of puja, lots of scriptures that explain how to do this. Guru says, all I know is that I just accept the universe as it is. Whatever you do is amazing to me. Tu sada salamat nirankar. You are forever sada. You are salamat. You are steady. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to change this oneness that, of the universe. But I recognize that which is behind all of this, that nirankar, that formless one. To remember your permanent state is my technique. Everything can change. The universe is constantly changing. The techniques and the recommendations of how to attain is always something new. The scriptures coming and going, teaching you the new ways, the new revelations, they're constantly changing. The religions and the practices are changing. And Guru says, I recognize that there is something permanent amongst all of these. I recognize that there's something formless and unchanging amongst all of these. That is my path. I accept you as you are, and I recognize you for what you are. So being aware of the infinite is immensely effective. It's really effective for us to change our perception of our own lives. We spend all of our life in our problems, in our world, in our lives. 
Guruji has given us a technique. When we feel overwhelmed by our own problems, Guruji says, just take a moment and step back. For a moment, just recite this verse. For a moment, recognize how insignificant your entire life is when it takes when it takes into account the scale of the universe. Just take a moment. The size of your problem is only limited by your outlook. The size of your problem is limited by the size of your outlook. If your outlook is that I am my whole universe, if you are your own universe, each problem takes a magnanimous scale because you are the entire universe to yourself. If you are your whole universe, then each problem is a problem like an Armageddon, like a major catastrophe, because you have made yourself the entire universe. But you have to expand your awareness for a moment. Step back. Think about when you go to a museum. Huge pieces of art on the wall. Paintings at such a huge scale. When you stand up close, you can enjoy the detail. But you don't understand that detail until you take a step back. Then you can see the whole picture. Then that detail fits with the bigger picture. Then you understand that detail and how it fits, how it makes sense. The significance of that detail also becomes less significant. So just remember when you're thinking about a problem, think about a piece of art in a, in a, in a museum. If you're standing too close, the problem is too big. If you take a step back, somebody once said, if you're not going to remember it in five years' time, it's not worth worrying about. What are we doing there? We're simply taking a step back. But all of our step backs are tiny in comparison to what Guru Nanak Dev Ji does. Guru Nanak Dev Ji takes the ultimate step back. He goes right into infinity and he says, look at the infinite. Now, where are you in that picture? There is no mare in this verse. He doesn't even say, mare kudrat kavan kaha vichar. What vichar can be done? That's all he needs to say. Varyana java ekvar. He doesn't say mare. Because in the infinite, there is no mare. Jyotud pavay. Sai Palikar, not to me, because the whole verse is about Tum, 
ਤੂੰ ਸਦਾ ਸਲਾਮਤ ਨਿਰੰਕਾਰ ਸੋ ਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਹੈਜ਼ ਗਿਵਨ ਅਸ ਐਨ ਅਮੇਜ਼ਿੰਗ ਟੈਕਨੀਕ ਹੀਅਰ ਨੋਟ ਓਨਲੀ ਵਾਇਲ ਵੀ ਆਰ ਰੀਡਿੰਗ ਇਜ਼ ਇਟ ਐਨ ਅਮੇਜ਼ਿੰਗ ਟੈਕਨੀਕ ਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਨੋਟ ਓਨਲੀ ਹੀਅਰ ਹੈਜ਼ ਸ਼ੋਨ ਅਸ ਦ ਐਬਸੋਲਿਊਟ ਐਸੈਂਸ ਆਫ ਵਾਟ ਗੁਰਬਾਣੀ ਇਜ਼ ਐਂਡ ਹਾਊ ਗੁਰਬਾਣੀ ਕੈਨ ਬੀ ਯੂਜ਼ਡ ਐਜ਼ ਅ ਟੈਕਨੀਕ ਗੁਰਬਾਣੀ ਇਜ਼ ਆਵਰ ਯੋਗਾ ਰੀਡਿੰਗ ਦ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਐਂਡ ਡਰਾਉਨਿੰਗ ਇਨਟੂ ਦ ਇਨਫਿਨਿਟੀ ਆਫ ਦ ਸ਼ਬਦ is our yoga is our practice this is the gyan that the guru has given to us and so many intricacies so many layers does this shabad work on on a personal level any time we have trouble take a step back take the ultimate step back guru nanak dev ji will hold your hand nobody is going to fall off the edge of a cliff take that step back and another one again remember this shavad recite this shavad use this as a tool to allow yourself a moment to step back from your problems and step into infinity <laughs>